Hello and welcome to uh, Supercoach Insider. I'm Chris and this is Ben. Ben. Well, this is weird. I am relevant. <laughs> Even though it's Collingwood, I am relevant. Yes, he will be uh, making some important, very minor, um, but the less he talks, the better. He's just going to bring back memories of 2002 and three, and I just don't want that in my life. So, <laughs> um, today we will be obviously covering Collingwood. Uh, we have three podcasts before today, which we covered Adelaide, Brisbane, and Carlton. Yeah, so appreciate all the support out there online yeah. as well, guys. So quickly as well, uh, on Twitter, it's uh, SC underscore Insider underscore, and you will see us on Facebook.com forward slash SC Insider. Yeah, um, leave a review and uh, and a rating on our podcast if you can. Uh, anything like that is appreciated. Appreciated, sorry. Um, yeah, like SCI, you know, it's a good abbreviation. Yeah. It's much appreciated. I like it. Very, uh, very good content. And we'll jump right into it, guys. Collingwood have a lot to get through, um, so we'll try and keep it as concise as possible. But if I stop, to start rambling, I'm sure Ben will just pick me up and say you're an idiot. Yeah, if there's too much for us, <laughs> I'll make sure I get the bib and pause this podcast for you guys. Yeah, um, look, I'm actually not as optimistic about Collingwood's chances this year as uh, I have been for the past four years. And um, maybe that's just finally coming down to earth and, and limiting expectations, but um, I'm, I'm not entirely confident that they're going to make the eight like others have said. Um, but having said that, they do have a lot of super coach relevant players and they have had for quite a while. They've so. gifted you the easiest draw wow. as far as champion data goes. I mean, what more do you want? Like, nice segue there, by the way. Probably, just... a, premiership, probably a premiership in 0203. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, now, they do have... Um, there's a few reasons why we should be looking at, um, at players in Collingwood, um, but part of it is their draw. Now, they do have not the best of starts. They play Hawthorne, GWS in the first two rounds. But then they play Carlton, unfortunately Adelaide, Essendon uh, and Richmond at the G, and then Brisbane and then the Cats. So the first 10 rounds or so aren't, don't open up, but right after that, which is right around their bye, it really opens up. Then they've got a lot of easy games, and they're especially the, in, during Supercoach finals. They actually play Sydney at the SCG, which has been their whipping ground for the last 15 years. Oh, Collingwood Travel. Yeah, I know. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and then they play uh, Brisbane at home and then Port at home as well. Um, so that during the Supercoach finals, they're players that you want to have in your team. Um, and perennially, someone like a Trelaw, for example, who loves running over the top of teams, um, he'd be a great player to have around those times. So if you don't have him early or if you're in draft, trade yep. for them late. Yeah, Trelaw was one of those overhyped players that people were picking last year. So it's kind of like a Crips, except um, yeah, Trelaw was what he averaged one eleven. Uh, something along those lines in 2016, but this year you can get him for 557k, which you know is actually pretty good value. Yeah, it makes him pretty valuable, and we'll go through Troy. May as well get him out the way. Um, for those that picked him in uh, last season, based on potential and how he's going to be the highest averager at Collingwood and this and the other, if they don't pick him again this year, then I don't see all, what the, well, I don't see what all the point invalidated. is. What, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there's no reason to think that Trelaw can't go back to what you thought of 12 months ago at this time, which was Trelaw's amazing. He's going to have a breakout. He's going to average 120. You know, he's better than Pendles. Um, all that still exists. The knock on Trelaw is that he doesn't run defensively. It's nothing to do with his attacking play. And um, unfortunately, his disposal did let him down last year. So if you can tidy that up, um, maybe stop kicking behinds and kick those goals that when he's running out from 45 metres. I heard the problem was he had one-way boots. <laughs> yes. So now he has yes. now he has these two way boots. Directional. He's not an amputator. He has these new <laughs> new things called two way boots, and now he can run both ways. Excellent. Um, 
And look, yeah, he hasn't been terrible, but he still was serviceable last year, but he's just at that great price point. He's very durable. Um, the last four years, he's averaged over 100, um, and by playing 20, at least 20 games in every single year. Um, and this is his worst year of those years. So he's only really got to go up from here. I think that that's the general consensus. Um, and you're putting him in that same bracket at the moment as that Hannes, as that person that had the, the off year and that who really should bounce back. And I've got big wraps on both of them. I'm actually torn between who I want more at this stage and I'm leaning slightly towards Trelaw based on his buy. Um, so he does have a slightly better buy, which is the round 12 buy as opposed to the round 13. If I have to see um, Hannabury start outside a contest, if I have to see Hannabury start outside a contest one more time... <laughs> Uh, someone's still a little bit butthurt about last year. <laughs> I mean, um, you pick your premiums and you don't want them to average 98 for the year. Yeah, uh, look, Hanbury is a different story, I suppose. Um, I'm, I, I'm, I like both of them, and this is why this year is so unique in midfield. I think it's a very important um, year to start with as many midfielders as you can. Uh, a lot of teams I'm seeing with, say, five midfielders, three rookies, and your bench, I would not do that. I think it's you need to have at least six um, this year to really maximise your value. Uh, and there's so many of those guys between that sort of 520 to 600 mark that it does make it worth it. And with Danger being so expensive, it allows you, if you don't go Danger, to go uh, you know two premium mids extra as opposed to just that one. Well, I find it funny. I think the ones that picked Trelaw <clears throat> last year, right, mm -hmm. they're probably the same ones that are picking your Olivers and whatnot. It's like, well, you know, Oliver, there's so many people in that top sort of 10 picks that have only been there for one year. I mean, you've got Crouch, only been there for one year. Oliver, only been there for one year. Yep. You know, so, I mean, there's so many of these sort of... Speculative, high-end. Very speculative. I yep. mean, even Mitchell. Flash Mitchell opinion. hasn't been there for long. D uh, Dusty hasn't been there for long. Yep. So you kind of look at it and then people are going, oh, well, you know, you look at... But, um, and then people fall off the bandwagon with Trelaw and, and Hannes, and you go, well, there's no real reason for it. Yeah, so. yet 38% of people at the moment to have Dan uh, sorry, have um, Dustin Martin over Dangerfield. Yeah. So Danger's on 35%, and Dusty's on 38 um, you yeah. know, so I think there's guys that could have that potential that are cheaper, but I mean, and Kelly, sorry, was the other one. So, but if last year you picked up Kelly and Oliver and Tom Mitchell and Dusty, people would like speculate your team like crazy. Yeah. So I don't think that there's anything wrong with if you wanted to have a Hannah's and if you wanted to have a Trelaw or these sorts of players, yeah. there's nothing that actually says it's that much of a risk. Yeah. And look, in draft, I think Trelaw, his value is insane. You know, you'll pick him up. You know, people are going to pick up Crips before they pick up Trelaw, and last year they averaged about the same. You know, he's probably going to be uh, maybe an early third round or start a fourth round, so a 30 to 40 pick. Um, you know, you, you pick him up as your third mid, and that's just insane value for a guy that could potentially average 115 to 120. Um, if he very, has a good yeah, year and starts much, well. Very much undervalued. Oh, is this, I, I think he's a Jet. I think everyone is in the consensus of Jet, but can he string together in, in Supercoach? That's the question. Uh, my tip is yes, I think this year he can do it. Um, and it will depend largely upon roles and, and mid-time and things like that. But um, Well, I know a lot of people have been tossing up between Adams and Trelaw and who's better and this, that and the other. I mean, Adams is good, not as durable. I mean, uh, Trelaw, he's played, again, as we just said, more games. But not only that, Trelaw, I mean, he averaged, what, 111 uh, in 2016. But he also has averaged 106 or around that about a couple of times as well, whereas yep. this is Adams' highest return. Yeah, and look, the, the, the knock on Adams is this, and I loved Adams and I thought he was a fantastic POD until I, I looked a little bit further into his stats. Um, his back end of the year was absolutely insane. If you look at Adams, uh, his last seven games, he averaged 120 points uh, per game and six of those were tons. 
Um, but the problem with those figures is that during that entire period, Pendles was not playing. Yeah, which so gives him a good spike. 100%. And I'll tell you the real problem here, Chris. Never mm. trust a man with two first names. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Adams. <laughs> I mean, who does he think he is? Yeah, right? This is, I mean, that's just, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you went there. Um, but, you know, that just shows the, the worth of Pendlebury and where he is. I mean, there's rumours that, you know, Pendles or Adams will start behind the ball. And look, that may be the case for, what, 10% of the game? They will be the sort of players that will go behind the ball when they're needed, when there is a, a run-on from the opposition team. And notoriously, Collingwood let ruts of goals in. They'll let six goals in in 20 minutes because they're Collingwood and that's what they do. They'll dominate most of the game, six to eight goals, all, all in the space of a ridiculous short amount of time. And that's when they're going to put an Adams or a Pedalbury behind the ball just to slow things up, be sure with your ball use, move forward at a, a slower pace and think, stop that momentum. I think Pendlebury was uh, sort of carrying a few sort of injuries and yeah. niggles here and there. I mean, he did All really year well. last year, really. Well, the first 11 games, he averaged 113 and a half. Yeah. You know, and you look at his history throughout the years. Yep. I mean, he's a, he's a good scorer. He's oh. elite. He's one of the most consistent. I mean, they don't call him Pendle, uh, Pendlebury for nothing. Yeah. I mean, look, the last seven, I don't, there is literally no reason why you're not choosing Pendles. The last seven years, he's averaged 110, 129, 124, 126, 124, 116, 118, 106, which was last year. So he's literally had his worst year last year in a, in a year where he was riddled with injuries. None of them were serious body-impacting injuries, you know, broken fingers here and there, um, just real small, um, you know, first time he's had a couple of soft t- tissue injuries. Um, I'd say he's the most reliable player in Supercoach, bar none, based on those figures. And more importantly, his fingers have more metal now. He's basically like Wolverine out yeah, there. You know? Pretty much, yeah. He could be um, tearing up the competition, and I mean literally. Yeah, it's the first time last year he hadn't played more than 20 games in a year. Like, that's that's just, like, the, the figures are insane. So, at $586,000, I think he's the cheapest, most reliable lock in your midfield. Uh, the knock on him is he's 30 years old. I actually spoke to a guy, um, went away for the weekend, just gone, and uh, a guy that was placed top eight a few years back, one of his rules is he does not choose players that are over the age of 29. So if age is your concern, I wouldn't pick him. Um, But he'll play every game if he's fit, and he's an ultimate professional. So if he's going to be on the park, and he's more than likely going to score for you really well. So um, I think that pretty much rounds out Pendles in terms of where... Um, he'll probably go top 10. Can you see him falling out of top 10? I, I think he could. I think based on averages, I think he will slide. But then there are some um, crafty players like yourself who, if you are ranked 10 in draft and you kind of get in to your picking up a Zorko or you know someone else, I mean, I don't see the risk in going a Pendlebury because he has Great been that high. Great captain choice. Well, he has been such a yeah. high crafty pick for many years. So it really depends on who you're playing with. Um, for those that are more observant like Chris, I don't know how you slid to the end of the picking order, but... Um, <laughs> I just like having a challenge. You know, I'm just, I, I literally stopped tipping halfway through the year because I was like, ah, I forgot it a week. I'm done for the year. <laughs> and for those who don't um, don't know, what we actually do with our, uh, our our picks 
is that we have a variety of different games during the year that, that get people involved and then at, we tally those points and then whoever's got the most points gets number one pick and so on and so forth. Yep. So it's a few things to keep you interested throughout the year, uh, you know, draft comps and sort of, you know, uh, ladder predictors, that sort of thing, which makes draft interesting and it also gives you that uh, random element where you have some say, but instead of just going, oh, here's a here's a competition and we'll flip a coin or whatever and then, oh, you get number one pick, you know. Yeah, or just more... random or snake or yep. however you want to do it. It's just... It's it's a, a bit more bit interesting. Um, I'd also say, in terms of Adams, he's definitely a point of difference. Uh, he's not someone that uh, you would get as someone who you think is going to impre- increase in value. I think he's probably at that at mark where he'll stay at that mark. Um, so he's a point of difference against uh, a Bonds or a Sloan. That 110 average, it's going to float in, float out. He might have some big games here or there. Um, but it's the it's the difference between him and a, and a Bond on any week that you may want him for. Yeah, I think he's very close to like the McRae as yeah. far as that, that toss-up, yeah. whether he'll improve or not improve. He sort of sits around that sort of mark for yeah. me. Um, and look, I suppose the same could be said about Grundy. You know, Grundy is the guy that um, averaged has averaged quite well, but he's been very consistent over the past three years. So uh, 90, 95, and 97. So he has increased. But the problem at the moment that I see in Grundy is that uh, he's never really scored well when Cox has been in the team. And I'm pretty confident that they re-signed Cox on the back of the fact that he'll get more game time. Well, um, I think they re-signed Cox because it would be too yeah. hard for him on his visa to sign anywhere else. <laughs> well, that, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think he's already played well, here X amount of time. I think he kind of handcuffed himself. I mean, the, the visa issue Hopefully is you can't, you can't sign another contract with another team because he's based on a visa for that team. Ah, and it's really quite nice. hard and it takes forever to do. Um, but that being said, Buckley has said that um, he will go with a Cox and Grundy ruck combo, which... Yeah. It's the same as the Archie Smith, um, Stefan Martin syndrome. Yep, um, except Steph's better. <laughs> oh, big fighting words some, for, some, for a guy that's literally 10 years younger. I know, I was going to say, Grundy, <laughs> Grundy's young. He will, he will have his time in yeah. the light. I, I honestly think there will be a time when we will say Grundy's the best ruckman in the comp. Yeah, He does everything. He's just probably not quite there yet. He's still young. He's still a little bit raw. But he can take mark, he can kick a goal, he kicks more than he handballs, he's got a great tap out, um, he's strong. He might not be as tall as, say, a, a, you know, a Gorn or a Sandy that dominated the comp. Um, I think the, the knock on him is just getting around the ground a little bit more, increasing his tank, which is really what his big focus has been well, for the past few pre-seasons. Yeah. He still spends 85.5% on field, though, yeah. which is impressive for yeah. Ruckman. He does spend a lot of time on ground. What I'd really like to see Grundy doing is getting up and back a lot more, though. Because he really just goes contest to contest and floats in between. I want to see him, you know, getting on the charge as that link player through the middle of the ground, like Steph Martin does. You know, Steph Martin gets all of his points from just being the guy that has that endless tank, and he'll hit up a lead on the half forward or the wing or half back line and put uh, get him out of pressure. If Granny can get that into his game, he would just go huge in super coach. I'm just not entirely sure that. He's that POD that's going to give you the return over a Nick Nat, over a Gorn, over a Paddy Ryder. And for that reason, I think he's probably out in terms of standard. And he showed some steady progression, though. I mean, 2015, he averaged 90.6. 2016, 95.7. And he has increased again by, like, what, 1.7 points. So he's 97.2. So he has progressed every year. Uh, I think he could push that again to that 99 sort of bracket if he did have a, a cox-free run. Um, that sounds horrible to say, but he could push <laughs> he could push that low 100s. I mean, there's definitely been improvement every year. It's just about you know whether he's going to improve enough uh, for your coin. Yeah. Um, next off the rank, side bottom, um, and really, I'm not entirely sure what's happened to him. He's had a bit of a role change. Um, 
he's just that guy that I've always thought of as real handy, almost like a, a mid-utility that can play anywhere across the park apart from key position. Um, I mean, they've even played him out of the uh, the, set, the goal square before as a as that one-out um, mid that can take a grab in the goal square and kick goals. Um, I mean, he was selected as a... When he was selected, he kicked 10 goals in the TAC Cup final. So he definitely knows where the goals are. I think that's probably the move for him, either moving forward of the ball or potentially as that sort of half-back quarter, quarterback-style role. Yeah, he's definitely silky smooth with his skills. And yeah. uh, I think the problem is, though, he's a mid, and um, that doesn't present you much value that's, when you sort of start shifting. And and where are you going to... You can't select him on the basis that he may have this role or he may have that role. Even the JLT is really not going to tell you. They're going to try him out in a few... Uh, you won't know until round one. So, again, for standard super coach, I'm just pretty much putting a line through yeah, him. He dropped to 9.8 in average, 9.8 points this year, this year just gone. And I can't see his role changing that much. I think they're putting Adams, Trelaw, you know, even like the Dugowie, yeah. uh, Jinx, Double Jinx, um, going, <laughs> going into that midfield. So I think there's more young talent coming in, and I think he'll play that sort of uh, skills sort of uh, push yeah. sort of area on uh, the outside. Look, in his defense, if you like, side bottom as a selection, he, before this year, uh, which he averaged 96, the last five years he averaged over a hundred. So, but he's never really blown the world away with Supercoach. It's always been a real steady, consistent performer. No. So for that reason, great draft choice. He'll be a late draft choice in your midfield, but he's not a bad selection at all. Yeah, down the pecking order. Yeah. Um, now the other uh, defender from the Pies that is worth mentioning is obviously uh, Jeremy Howe. Um, still butthurt over that uh, mark of the year that uh, was not mark of the year. That's, <laughs> that should never have happened. I think he's still butthurt too, based well, on recent I'm, interviews. I'm not going to comment based on the fact that there might be some Essendon supporters out there. <laughs> I'm sure they... Um, I even know, I reckon Essendon supporters know that that wasn't a mark of the year. Well, actually... He takes them three a game. It's not even that... It wasn't that impressive. Well, I heard not only has he shaved his moustache, he's now <laughs> changed his name to Dunna Howe. Because he doesn't know how in the world oh that God. was mark of the year. I can you actually write these jokes down? <laughs> Wait, that, that's off the cuff. That was good. Don't know how. <laughs> oh he don't, he don't know how that happened. That's what happened. That is no, no. I respect that. I, I'm I'm just impressed that you did that. Um, look, last year I had him pegged as a guy that I think could average a hundred because the back end of a year he averaged a hundred. I think through his last eleven games. Um, so I I got on him early. I had him both in standard and draft. And look, he didn't disappoint. He just he, he just was never um, that consistent with his scoring. Um, he did have uh, nine tons, and four of those were between 125 and 131. So he's got that decent ceiling. Um, yeah, 2016, he averaged 92. Yep. Uh, and that was from, you're looking at 89% time on ground. And this year, uh, 2017, he went 94.1, and he increased it to 92.7 time on field. So I think the difference in scoring there, he probably got around the same points per minute, but he just spent a little more time on field. Uh, so I don't think you can expect that same improvement. I think you're pretty much looking at what you're getting. Yeah. I mean, I was even surprised he didn't make All-Australian last year, to be completely honest. He was one of, especially in the early rounds, I think from the first half of the season, he only lost two or three one-on-ones the entire first half of the season. But Chris, don't you know, if you don't get Mark of the Year, you can't make All-Australian. <laughs> Does this make sense? <laughs> I see it clearly now. <laughs> it, was a double, it was a double snub. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, look, uh, he's uh, well, he's an elite defender, and he can take Mark on anyone. Uh, he also reads the play really well. Um, he's also a really good kick. I, I actually read a few uh, Facebook posts that saying that he has a he's really terrible by foot, and that's not true at all. The clangers that he does have in him are because he tries to pinpoint passes that were maybe not on. Um, so it's going straight at the player. Someone cuts it off in between. Uh, he's a very very good user. They do look to put it in his foot. I find that very funny because he actually has. 
a better disposal efficiency than Crisp, than Sidebottom, than Grundy, than Trelaw, than Pendlebury, and then Adams. Well, everyone has a, a better disposal efficiency than Crisp. I hate that guy. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I thought you were going to say Trelaw. Jack, if you're out there listening, love you, buddy. But otherwise, no. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, people, you know, just talking off the cuff. Oh, yeah, how can't kick out? No, no way. Um, he's a very good user of the footy, and they love having him in. He also does a lot of the kickouts, so I would say he's not a bad deal, D3 or D4, but there is better value options out there this year um, for standard. Um, so maybe, again, someone you look at to upgrade in round 13 when the pies have their buy. Um, probably yep. what I would look at. Well, not to mention, if they're, if they're going to send Darcy Moore to the back line, which yep. has been publicised, I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to put Howe forward finally? Like, that's what they promised him. So maybe this I, is the year they, they kind of uh, you know, live true to their yeah. word. Look, they trialled him up forward the first half of well, the first year after he got drafted back to the Pies, or I say back to the Pies, um, and he just had no impact. Um, so... Yeah, moved him back, and then he's literally all Australian. So I'm not sure. I know he wants to play forward, but he should know by now that he is better used as a defender, and if he doesn't know that, he's an idiot. Yeah, maybe um, he needs to watch Happy Gilmore. Trust me, Happy, you are a golfer. <laughs> yeah. Um, Love so a hockey player. I, I think the one that goes forward is Reed in that situation, um, but uh, there is every chance that he may be swung forward in the JLT. I just wouldn't take any notice of that, to be honest. Um now, moving on to some mid-prices that uh, have some attention, especially this year. I think everyone's biggest mid-pricer, what if, what if. What Jack Crisp. <laughs> <laughs> God, he's down here, but no. He's uh, Dugowie. Um, and at 434k, you can see why. I mean, the guy shows glimpses of ridiculousness, um, but his consistency is to be desired. Yes, so <laughs> he'll go great one week and then he'll resemble Tom Bell the next. <laughs> yeah, basically. Which, you know, but if you look at his last seven games, I mean, you look at uh, some good scores in there and, uh, you know, pay note of the horrible ones as well. So 115, 57, 103, 130, 52, 110, and 46. So you're looking at some solid scores in there with, a, you know, 115 and 130 and a 110, but at the same time, I don't want a guy getting 46 on my field. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's tough to, to put him in place. And there's two things that are going forward for him. I'll say that the best thing about Dugowie, um last year is that when he played midfield swinging forward, he was unbelievable. Uh, opposition teams had really no answer for him, um, and it was really unique. Uh, a lot of the time he would be at centre bounces getting clearances. They'd move him into the forward line, one out deep forward, and he would dominate, kick three or four goals. Um, the problem is that if he's used on the half forward flank, he's underutilised. If he's used um, on a wing, he's underutilised. He needs to be at the clearances or one out in the goal square. A little bit like how you'd play a Dusty or a Fife in there. Yep. And that's what I'm hoping what they want from him this year. And the emergence of, or the drafting, I should say, of Jared Stevenson really gives him that. Because I think that that's Stepson. where... Stepson. Stepson, I believe. Stepson. Stepson. Well, maybe it is Stevenson. Maybe I'm just... Maybe it's a silent... It's a silent PH. It's a silent PH. Look, and... and After this, we're going to go jogging. Yeah, we're going to go jogging. It's a soft J. Um, so Stevenson, I, I feel, is um, they're going to want to get as many games as him. They drafted him at pick six. They thought he could go top three, um, had heart issues, la, 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 I think I was really reading that as a strong P. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were. Stevenson. You yeah. would know. You're a Collingwood fan. That's I don't, fine. I don't, know why I, I, I don't read anything. No, it's fine. I don't know why I jump in with these false uh, accusations. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, um, and they want him to play. Um, I would be very incredibly surprised if Stevenson did not play round one. Um, and his role is that half forward to wing player um, while he's developing 
uh, played a lot of midfield, but he kicked five goals and had over 20 touches um, in junior comps uh, in the national championships. So I think that he's a sort of impact player, a little bit like a Will Hoskin Elliott that can play uh, very tall, very fast, very quick football. But that if they're going to put him into the forward line, they need to put someone like a Dugowie into a different role. And that, to me, is midfield. So I'm really hoping that the, the arrival of him means that Dugowie finally gets his chance in permanent midfield. What do you think? I think he definitely has a lot of potential. I mean, you're looking at a guy, what was he, pick five or something around the mark? Pick six, yeah. Yeah, and that was the one that he got from the Lions, I believe. And um, <laughs> he's, I, a, he's a Lions fan, by the way. And and just, just, just to prove that all Lions fans are band, bandwagoners, he said that the only reason that he supported the Lions is because they won when he was like five or six. Me? No, Jared Stevenson. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I mean, you probably I was like, well. what are you talking about, mate? I, I was there from the Bears times, you know, yeah. when we had a lot to cheer about. Yeah. Um, no, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is is that, uh, what is he, like, yeah, third, fourth year? So pretty much breakout opportunity is there. Yeah, definitely. And uh, definitely one to watch. I mean, if, um, yeah, Stevenson gets that role that you're talking about, then that really frees him up. So for me, it's more of a watch... Uh, the new recruit, as well as watching to go to see that progress and yeah. where, where and the, he the may go. The problem's going to be, so this is what happened last year. you got to really pay attention. But last year, the guy pumped out back-to-back, I think, 120 or 130s in the JLT. And then the third game of the JLT, which was you had Adams, Penelbury, Sidebottom, all of them in the team, he went back to playing half-forward and then sputtered it up. And everyone went, oh, yeah, to go, it's to go as you, it's to go as you, because those two games. So watch what his role is like with everyone in the team and then make your decision. Just a, a little sidebar of advice. Well, see, I'm in, I'm intrigued by uh, was it Maynard? Yep, Braden Maynard. Yep, Maynard. Yep, yep. fantastic player again for draft in particular. He's yeah. on my watch list. And look, he 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 definitely improved last year, and he's been again touted for more midfield time. Um, Not only that, he was actually increasing his running. So he was running with side bottom and stuff in the preseason. Yeah, he's training yeah. with the midfield group. He is, and he's trying to get that that real um, sort of that capacity and his running sort of engine going. So he's yep. training with some of the mids, like side bottom, to increase that. And I think they'll uh, use him a lot more through there than they did in previous years. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because that's what he wants. And he's, he's vocally come out and said, I want to play midfield. But clubs will say anything. Yeah. Um, he actually played uh, permanent midfield in the last game of the season last year, and he had 23 disposals, including 14 kicks, 5 marks, 6 in five, inside 50s, and uh, 109 super coach. Wow, Chris, that so, sounds like it's written down. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, uh, look, great great he, stats. He's, he's a long, accurate kick. Um, the thing is, he's also their best small defender. So the only way that I could possibly see him uh, moved out of that role is if they somehow have trust in a Sam Murray to take his role, um, who's the only person that can provide pace in the back line other than, uh, obviously, Sinclair's gone. Um, everyone else that they have as a defender, they're all mid-paced. I don't think Jack Crisp is the answer. Um, so I'm, I'm really not confident on his midfield transition, but that's what he wants. So it's a wait and see again. Um, speaking of Crisp, uh, people are on the Crisp train. Do you, how much do you think, like, are you on the Crisp train? Do you think is a good selection? No, nah, I'm more like a pinky on the Crisp train. Like, I'm hardly there. <laughs> Basically non-existent. I mean, look, he, he he did have some good games at the Lions and did have a good uh, season and a half or a couple of years at uh, the Pies now. But, um, yeah. yeah, for me... You know, he's he's always been there or thereabouts. He wouldn't be a bad selection in draft simply because you probably know what you're getting. Yeah. Um, you, you, yeah, the scores you'll receive will be basically consistent with what he's done before, but I don't see him really pushing that top 10 selection that you would have to. Yeah, I mean, I don't see getting... him in our 22, but Nathan Buckley clearly does. He loves him. 
Um, so he must be a hard worker on the track and does everything right. Well, it's probably the Lions' uh, soft spot that he has. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that one season. Yeah, they have we'll something. Win apprenticeships. They have something in common. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they have something in common. Yeah. Um, look, my my thing, my knock on him, and the reason why I don't think he's best twenty-two is one hundred percent. He has clangers at the worst time, so his actual disposal efficiency by foot is not bad, but. He'll literally will have an uncontested possession on the halfback flank, and he'll you know, shoot it across to switch play, bang clanger, bang goal, like all the time. It's frustrating to watch. Um, look, last year he did go all right. Um, he averaged eighty seven, um, and he's priced actually quite well. He's only four hundred and fifty five k, um, and he he had tons during the year up, down, left, right. He'll be cheap enough to upgrade to if he goes big, but his high score was only one twenty nine. I just don't think he has the ceiling capacity um, of someone that's going to be a top six or top ten defender. If anything, he's a, a stepping stone if he plays permanently in the lineup. I just don't think you want to put your faith in someone that may or may not be top 22. So it's just, for me, it's a no. And that's exactly the same reason why I wouldn't choose someone like a Phillips, um, who's proven that he doesn't really have that top end gear. Can run all day. He's beating the time trials. He won the he won the two and three k time trial, um, but to me, he doesn't have the disposal or the awareness of an elite mid, uh, which is where he's planning to play. So for me, it's a no. And then you got players like Elliot Wells, who see. I, not th- I think score. I think Wells is actually a pretty good draft smokey. Well, draft, I think you you might be onto something, or even a bench spot that can you know if he if he ends up going all right, you could really chuck him in, but. Um, well, I mean, look at how he came to the pies, right? So there was speculation and pretty much all these reports saying how bad he came back as far as condition. This year, he hasn't really had anything. So he's come back in great condition. Yep. And especially considering like when he came back 12 he months back, ago. He was back like six weeks before the, the squad started yep. coming back. And he hasn't had any setbacks so far yeah. this year. So he's been saying his calves were really good. But at the same time, there is that worry because he says, look, sometimes his calves feel good and then bang, they go. Um, so that's the worry. But at the same time, I mean, this is a guy who did average 100.6 in 2016. So for a draft, Smokey, and he's back in that dual position, like um, sort of, you know, yeah. position a forward is not bad of a, of a smoky Correct. forward line. And, yeah. I think, and I think they need him, So especially with the easier draw. Well, I mean, there's that statistic that's been floating around forever and a day, and if you don't know it, then you're probably outside of footy. But um, basically, when Wells plays, they win. I think of the nine games he played last year, they won eight of them. Um, now, that's not bad considering I think they only won 10 games for the season or 11. So um, definitely one that they want in the team. If they get him in the team, he's playing, and he'll play a role that is conducive to Supercoach if he gets in the park. Um, other players, I don't think are Supercoach relevant this year. Langdon, I think he'll be pushed out of the 22. I don't think he's good enough. Um, Will Hoskin-Elliott just doesn't get enough of the pill. When he does, he goes all right. So he might be a, a late draft selection, but not for Supercoach standard. Um, and the only one that of uh, other flag there that has potential is Aish. So you might actually uh, recall he doesn't didn't have a lot of time in the AFL last year, um, but he spent a lot of time in the VFL honing his game as an inside mid, um, which is really where he should be because I think he's one pace, two one pace to be a half forward or wingman, even though he can take a grab and he's got good skills. Um, but working in it as an inside midfielder, he played very well in the VFL in 10 games there. So uh, named him the best six out of his 10 games in the VFL. I can't so believe you think Langdon's not even best 22. No, nah, no, nah, not at all. 
Well, if you, if, if you write down your six best forwards, he just does not fit into the mix because they've got too many of those medium-tall types in defence. So if you've got you've got Dunn, you've got now uh, Brody Mircek, which I think will get games as well this year. Um, obviously, you've got Moore now moving back into that role. If Crisp is there, there's another role. If Maynard's there, um, you just don't have enough. And Goldsack, I think, had his best year in a long, long time. Those medium-tier defenders, I just don't think he's in that top group. See, I thought Langdon was um, Buckley's golden boy, you know. Oh, you mean Crisp? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Langdon does have some draft appeal. I think if he is in their best 22, like, well, I think he is. Um, that being said, I'm not the hardcore Pies fan, but he kicks it long, which means he gets, him, you know, he gets some good disposal efficiency. Yeah. He might not be the best uh, elite user, but he, he was kicks out of it touch long. last year as well because he's coming back from big injury, and, and I think it was and back he's, injury. And he's still averaged 82, so he has value. I think he has value. Yeah, um, and the other person that I think, and this is moving more into the rookies, so we've touched on Stevenson. Unfortunately, he's 180K, um, which sort of puts him in that Unless he breaks out, it's not going to happen. And he's an impact play. He's not an accumulator. I think he's a bit more like a Cam Rayner type that he'll impact the play. And he, he's very good user and great things, but he's not going to be a guy that accumulates high possessions and gets high numbers for Supercoach. It's just not going to happen. Um, so for 180K, I'd take a pass. But the one I think that is a really good choice is Nathan Murphy. Um, so again, I think he's 123K, 188 centimeters forward defender. So you can have him in your defense. Um, he, they picked him up at 39, but he actually was rated inside the top 10 by the Pies, which is insane. So I'm not entirely sure why they rated him so high. And it's not like, I, I wouldn't say that the Pies have a, a, a bad recruitment department, but they might. Um, so picking him up at 39 was an absolute steal for them. Um, and they want him, I think they want him forward of the ball, um, but he'll play defender. Um, and I think that they were thinking of, you know, molding a sort of Tigers-esque forward line where it's more of a small um, you know, you've got Cox as your one out and then your, your five guys that are under 190 centimetres or around about that mark um, so really good and interesting to note I think he will get games, it may not be round one, but if he is there, watch him out for the JLT, um, definitely someone to take care of. I think it's also important to note, uh, watching out for some of their hospital ward uh, candidates as well yeah. so I think you've got um, you know, you're looking at Jamie Elliott as well, had ankle surgery in early December. So yep. pretty much I'll keep him out of full training until late January. Um, yep. That's providing that there's no sort of issues there. Uh, not only that. Draft looking, smoky, but that's about it. I yeah, and uh, for Solo as well, had shoulder surgery on the 11th of December yeah. or somewhere thereabouts, which puts them, you know, if they can't get back in time, it gets you know, opens up the door for some of these guys. But just watch out for that because there won't be much spoken about them. Uh, until that sort of JLT yeah. period. I'll be impressed if they play for Solo and Elliot in the same time, uh, in the same field ever again. And the reason for that is they're too similar and they don't apply enough pressure. So if you... The big part of the, on the on knock on the Pies game last year was that they did not lock the ball in the forward half enough. So they want to try and get some youth and inject some speed, pace and pressure into their forward line. And those two players are both too one-paced and too similar. They're both that medium... Um, size forward that takes a mark and kicks a goal. They've been wearing Trelaw's shoes. Yeah, pretty much. The one paces. The one, one paces. Um, on to the further rookie. So you've got Mircek. So I, I did touch on him earlier. Um, so he was specifically recruited by the Pies. He's actually 26 years old. Um, and he's that uh, sort of medium tall defender. Uh, I, I see him as a guy that could potentially push Dunn out of the 22. Um, he's 192 centimetres, 97 kilos. I'm hoping that he plays round one. Um, can, he's really an intercept defender as well, and he's got really good decision making with the with the ball at his feet. 
Um, and he was voted best of field for Port Melbourne in their semi-final and third best in the grand final win. Um, so a guy that can really uh, come on board, score some points, and he's very cheap. He's 102k. He does need to be promoted off the rookie list, of course, but they've got space to do that before round one, so I'm really hoping for that. Um, and the last one that everyone's... Uh, sorry, the last two. Um, Sam Murray first. Everyone's got him in his team at the moment because I don't think that they realise um, why they drafted him. and It's really a gap in the list. So Sinclair was retired due to injury, and they don't have that really pacey behind-the-ball defender. Um, and so they went for a guy that they could get pretty cheap. I think they probably still paid overs for him. Um, but he's only had needful experience, hasn't had any real second-tier league experience or any um, AFL experience. So I'll be really hard-pressed to see him in a, in a round one berth. Um, but, you know, it could happen. It's again, a wait-and-see for the JLT. Um, and then Cal Kirby. So Cal uh, Kirby did play the last game of the year and spudded up. I think he scored about 36 or 38 um, Supercoach points. But he did lead the VFL goal-kicking up until that point. And he's that sort of forward that they want to look to inject into their team. So he's got that pressure a characteristic, can take a hanger, um, likened a little bit to Byron Pickett in terms of size and, and capacity. Um, so a real physical um, little small forward. Um, and that pretty much brings out the rookies and really the last part's just on the draft. So how would you rate the sort of draft at this point? Yeah, I think we touched on it earlier. So, I mean, Pendlebury could go that uh, could go late first round or anywhere from really, what, pick 6 to 14. I can't see him going much past the start of the second round. Trelaw, I think you'd be lucky, yeah, third round, so your second mid, if you sort of go to a positional player, you'd be pretty happy with. Uh, anywhere between the third and the fourth round would be ideal. Adams will be somewhere similar. I can't see them being picked too far apart, to be honest. Yep. Um, and then Grundy, again, we're looking at when that ruck sort of run happens, but someone will you know, pick him thinking that he'll go up and be the next big, big thing. So you're looking anywhere between, what, round three to five, yep. um, depending on when that ruck slide happens. Yeah, definitely. Side bottom, I don't know. I think someone will pick him up earlier based on his average, but realistically, he'll be you know, after the fifth or sixth round. Yeah, I don't least. think he's going up. So, I mean, unless he falls to you and you yep. just want someone around out your mids, it's probably not. Yeah, and to go, you'll probably slide down to one of your later forwards. Um, you know, like around nine or ten, or, or it depends on who who reads articles as well. Like I said, some people have been really rating. I reckon people to go as well. Degoe, hey. Yeah, just like Petraka, people are going to jump all over him. So yeah, so but that's again, you know, it's all conjecture, really. Well, yeah, people are saying Bonzapelli will be in the top four picks, you know, but that being said, he didn't produce it. So yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, the only other one there is Jeremy Howe, and I think he'll probably be um, in that sort of top 10 picks for defenders, so he'll probably go early depending on when the defenders start getting chosen. Um, I'm thinking somewhere between 40 to 60 depending on uh, on your defence as well. Yeah, and then the rest you can pretty much pick up some good bench options. Yep. Like we were saying, um, you're looking at maybe your Crisp or your Langdon, you know, won't be too bad sort of down the bottom end of yep. your you know, your defender 4 or something like D4, D5. Yep. Wouldn't be such a bad thing. Jamie Elliott probably around your bench, especially seeing his injury history. Uh, that being said, you might even go as a forward uh, F5, um, but, you know, leaving that one open because you can easily replace those last yeah. couple of picks anyway. And then Wells, of course. But, I mean, the, essentially the thing with Collingwood is, and this is why I don't think they're going to go anywhere this year, is I think there's going to be a huge top 22 changeover, a huge game plan change. I think they're literally revamping the entire um, structure at, at the Pies. 
and for that reason it's just too unknown they could do it they could do a richmond if they hit it all well or it could be completely the opposite way and slide down the ladder and i'm not sure where that is so yeah um yeah i suppose that probably rounds up collingwood it rounds up collingwood so yeah. and look you know i didn't fall asleep so i'm hoping <laughs> i'm hoping the rest of you stayed tuned uh with us here so supercoach insider thank you for listening yeah and um we'll see you next time we will definitely And they stay there.